0: Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Connor.
1: So today I want to talk about a guy that has had a big influence on my life. He passed away a couple years ago. His name's John Taylor Gatto. I, I want to get to the point in my life where I'm not Connor Boyack. I'm Connor Steven Boyack, right? Like, <laughs> it just sounds so fancy to have your, unless you're in trouble with your mom, right? And they're
0: like, right, oh, the Steven fall? Boyack, come up here. Um, I have two middle names. So oh, that would be, yeah, be a mouthful intense. for
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> so, John Taylor Gatto is a really interesting guy. His story, in a quick nutshell, is that he was a public school teacher for about 30 years in. New York, the city of New York, the state of New York, and which
0: is a disaster (laughs) right
1: now, especially it's a disaster. But he, for you know, the 60s and 70s and 80s, he was teaching and he was trying to help kids. He was someone, one of those teachers that really cared, like, really, really cared about his students. And he was trying to get around the bureaucracy and all the issues to really help his kids learn. And so he was always trying to experiment with things. He was trying to, to you know, not have to deal with standards and what. Like he was trying to say, like, I want to help you learn. I want to, I want to inspire you. I want to motivate you. And so he was always being like flexible and innovative. Well, it got to the point. It was actually really interesting. Uh, he won New York City Teacher of the Year, and I so think, this has given is given more out than a, once too. Well, so he no, he won New York City Teacher of the Year, and then I think mm. it was the following year he won New York State. Teacher of the year. And of course, this is an award given out by the education establishment, right? They're saying, oh, look, you know, this great teacher. And so he was trying to work within the system to not not necessarily reform the system, but but still to help these kids. In the same year when he won New York State Teacher of the Year, he, here's the most successful teacher this year, the, the one we want to point out as being, you know, the most impactful or whatever. In that same year, he wrote an op-ed, which just means like an article in the Wall Street Journal, national newspaper. And the title of it was, I Quit, I Think. I love that. And he goes on in his article, in his op-ed, to discuss how he was hurting, like he literally says, he's like, I'm hurting kids more than I'm helping them. And and then he goes on to explain that the system that he was a part of was the, the responsibility, was the reason for which these kids, even despite his best efforts as a teacher, were struggling. Were having their curiosity just drained from them, and uh, and so he said, I, "I quit." He wrote several books. He went on a public speaking tour, and this was kind of in the eighties, right when homeschooling in, in America was finally legalized, which sounds crazy to say.
0: <laughs> I did not know that actually. Wasn't oh yeah, the eighties. Really? Yeah, it was, it
1: was. Yeah, it was basically criminalized everywhere. You had this heavy compulsory education, all these laws. Now you might
0: you might know this with me. When did it start becoming outlawed? Because in their the founding, people used to homeschool all the time. When when did that stop? Do you know?
1: Yeah. So I mean it was in the late eighteen mid to late eighteen hundreds when you had a lot of these these new laws being passed saying kids have to be in school and certainly during the progressive era that was very much reinforced because it was this collectivist idea, right? It's like we need to mold you into whatever. And so it was, uh, I think, this gradual thing that happened. It wasn't necessarily like a nationwide ban or whatever. But these, as these states passed these laws, the idea at the time was, well, kids need to be in school. I mean, you would have, and you still have some of these laws today, you'd have daytime curfews, right? That mm-hmm. if cops see a, a kid out during the yeah. day, they can like, you know, go arrest them for violating a daytime curfew. And and that was born out of this idea that kids should be in school. So it was almost this cultural thing that homeschooling wasn't really a thing. It was, oh, you send your kids to school. That's just what is done, and so these laws reflected the culture and and said kids have to be in school. So it wasn't until the eighties that a lot of that changed. There were court battles and mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff where finally things shifted and and quickly, like most states, really just opened up and said, okay, yeah, fine, homeschooling. And so it coincided really well for John uh, to go out and you know do a lot of public speaking and to help educate families across the country about the uh, the problems. So, He's written several books. Have you ever read one of his books, Brittany?
0: I've read all, Uh, I've read three of them. So I read, uh, was it Deliberate Dumbing Down? Uh, My favorite is this name, Weapons of Mass Instruction. I thought that was very clever. And then he wrote one that's just a history book, essentially. What is it? The The Underground? underground. Yes. And that one is my favorite because I think like you, I'm a history buff and that, it didn't miss anything. That was just, that was a wild ride. (laughs) Well,
1: and our listener, our our readers rather, the listeners who are (laughs) readers of the books will know that our 10th book in the children's series, The Tuttle Twins and the Education Vacation, is based off of John's book, The Underground History of American Education. John himself is featured as a character in the book, which is uh, really fun to honor him and all of his work. And, uh, and and Brittany, the first one you mentioned was the one most impactful on me. It's, it's called Dumbing Us Down. And I think the subtitle is like The Hidden, um, the hidden Curriculum of Compulsory Education or yes. something like that. And, and we'll link to these, by the way, on the show notes page. So TuttleTwins.com slash podcast gives you a quick link to go find some of these resources. And uh, and that was so impactful for me. I read it when I was dating my now wife. And I had this, and I went through public school, right? And and high school and everything else. And I read this book and I was like, oh my gosh, this is why I didn't like school. <laughs> like all, the, all these problems that he's talking about are, are just the restriction of freedom. It's like prison, you know? You have to get permission even to go to the bathroom, at least in prison, you don't have to get permission to go to the bathroom, (laughs) you know, and, 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 and (laughs) and saying like, Oh, 45 minutes are over. Now you got to go study something else. It's like, well, wait a minute. I was just getting to the good part. I want to be able to like, you know, read, no, no, we got to, you know, segment everything into little bits that you never can spend a lot of time. And, and anyways, he, he kind of outlines all these problems. And, and so reading that book, dumbing us down, was for me a big eye opener. And so I, I gave it to my I, I don't think we were engaged yet. I think we were just dating, but maybe we were engaged. And I, I had Jody read it. And and for me it was like, this is how this is why I want my my kids, maybe our kids, <laughs> you know, to be homeschooled and and to not go through the system because it's why I struggled so much and why I didn't like it. And so that was such a big influence on me where he was able to outline uh, you know, all, all these kind of problems. What are your thoughts? Having read these books, Brittany, what do you, how would you kind of characterize what he says about, you know, the, the government school system?
0: Yeah. So that's actually partially why I stopped being a teacher. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, and, and I loved, I love the private school where I taught. I think it's a great, uh, you know, alternative to the public schools in, I think it's like Utah, Texas, Idaho, Nevada, a bunch of states, but I did not like, I felt really morally wrong having kids sit in desks for eight hours a day, specifically because they only got 20 minutes of playtime. And, you know, mm-hmm. before that, I was like, okay, that's fine. We all did it, you know, and, and this school was very academically advanced. So these kids, we taught the Socratic Method. Em and I talked about that in another episode where you ask questions instead of, instead of these open-ended questions, how do you know? Why do you know this? And, and we also taught them to question authority, which is something you and I have also talked about. So those were great things. But I saw my kids being very unhappy and miserable. And because of how advanced the curriculum was, I saw a lot of them start getting really sad and depressed and stressed out. And so I, I had this kind of crisis of conscience, as they call it, where I was in my head thinking, okay, I really am passionate about education And when I have kids of my own, I want to be able to do this right. And that's when I kind of discovered homeschooling and I thought – or unschooling specifically. And I thought, you know, I don't think kids are supposed to be chained to their desks. Not really chained. But kids Mm. need to be playing. They need to learn by being outside. You know, science could be gardening outside and, and learning about nature. So I started reading all of his books. And then I came to D.C. and I worked in education policy for a little bit. It was hard to do that since I didn't have kids. So people tend to not take you seriously. And I understand that. In fact, Corey DeAngelis, who we've mentioned before, he runs into that problem too, where he's great at education policy, but people are like, hey, you don't have kids. Uh, But I brought my experience as a teacher. And so when I found John Taylor Gatto, that was kind of like how he said, "You know, I quit, I think I was ready to move on because I just couldn't do that to my students anymore.
1: That's interesting because you kind of see... Like I know a lot of teachers who are very well intentioned, and and like John, they want to help their students, right? But but they find themselves trapped in this system that has so many restraints, and creates all this busybody work, and and really saps the joy out of teaching and learning.
0: Yes, that's exactly right.
1: And and so I can see how you know someone after decades like John, who's just like, it's kind of like an Atlas shrug, right? Like <laughs> I'm just going to shrug it off. I'm going to go to school, I'm going to I'm going to go do something else. And for him, it was you know public speaking. And, um, and and it's so interesting, right? I, I had the good fortune of a couple things. So I wrote a book for parents called Passion Driven Education. And uh, John was kind enough to write the foreword for that book. Uh, and that book is all about how, and we'll link to that on the show notes yes. page as well. That book is all about how, how we actually learn as as humans. And it's not just for adults. We should provide this authentic learning experience for our kids. We We all learn better, and more quickly and retain information better when it's something we're interested about. So we should afford that same freedom to kids and not say well this curriculum committee you've never met has dictated mm-hmm. that you must learn all these things in the same way as more everyone else.
0: Everyone everyone who's 7 has to learn this. Everyone right. who's 11. It's so silly.
1: It is silly. So so John was very kind to write the forward for that book which I was blown away by uh, just because I looked up to this guy who was like this pioneer of, you know, alternative education. And then, um, as you know, Brittany, you contributed to the Skip College book. Uh, We'll link to this one as well. It's got a provocative title. Ultimately, the the book doesn't necessarily say everyone should skip college. It's more a book that says, if you're going to go to college, you better have your eyes wide open and uh, and understand first some of the alternatives that you should consider because chances are those alternatives are going to be better for you so Brittany, you and uh, several others contributed uh, chapters to that book that i edited and i did a chapter as well but what i am i'm so enthralled by is that john john taylor gatto also contributed a chapter the history of you know college higher education and so forth that was the last thing he wrote ever yep and then he you know passed away shortly thereafter and so i just feel very fortunate that we could have his kind of last testament on on education freedom because he was such a kind of a pioneer to to many different people and it's fun too we've talked about this with like ron paul and so many other people right where like the legacy the impact that you can have i'm always intrigued by this right because john was just doing his thing and trying to share this message but he was able to impact the lives of several people who then go on and have bigger impact on different people. And like, it's so cool in life to see that if you put yourself out there and you share these messages and you try and help other people, if you just influence like one person, right, they're going to go on and share that influence with other people. It's a really cool kind of cascade effect.
0: Well, and think of the kids who whose parents like you, you know, chose to homeschool because they found John Taylor Gatto. I think when we interviewed Anna Martin, I think she said something similar that that's how she discovered um, unschooling as well. And I think she told you and I that on the first date with her husband, she says, "Listen, we can go on a second date, but I'm unschooling my kids." <laughs> and I thought that was really it was really funny and and nice because think about that. She's got two boys, I think, and those two boys have grown up and they're doing tremendous things now. So think about if more parents did that and, you know, they have four or five kids and they go off and do these great things. It's, you know, what they call the domino effect. So I think that's one thing that makes him so important is he really opens your eyes. And like you said, he encourages other people. You know, I feel like I'm doing better now than I was forcing those kids to be in a desk you know right, right. and talking to people about unschooling so so yeah he's a very inspirational man very much so
1: there, there's also this question of you know what does impact actually look like and so for him to write these books like it's had a massive impact but to me the the real benefit is kind of the practical uh insights that are there when you really get into reading the book like I start to think okay I can incorporate this in how i teach my kids and it really resonates with me. So years later after i've read some of these books it's still you know great to be able to see that that's playing an impact on my life as you said like on my kids' lives and uh, and that's something that you don't really anticipate at the beginning but what i also like about john is that you and i or others can be critical of you know the government school system but john and people like him are much more authentic. It's just like, you know, as you were pointing out with Corey DeAngelis, people kind of discount his ideas, perhaps because he's not a parent. Well, you know, people discount my ideas, uh, criticisms of government schools sometimes because, you know, I don't send my kids there. Mm. right? And so here's John, a 30 year teacher, a veteran of the system. He was awarded you know, time and again by the people in the system. No one can discount that this guy wasn't trying, you know, his best from within the system to improve it and to help these kids. And so I really like that he's the one to give voice to these ideas because he's so authentic, right? Like he he kind of earned that platform that he stands on to go shout to the masses. And so no one can really dispute that this guy, oh, you just hate public education. Well, I think, well no, like I was a teacher for I was three in years. It.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Like you can't really get away from it. Parents especially, if you have not read any of John Taylor Gatto's stuff, you're going to want to. I would recommend you start with that book, Dumbing Us Down. Uh, but as Brittany said, there are several others. We'll link to them all on the show notes page, TuttleTwins.com slash podcast. John Taylor Gatto is someone worth listening to. He uh, explains things, you know, really well, and it's really insightful stuff. Even if your kids are in in the government school or a charter school, which is also a government school, or you know, <laughs>
0: slightly better but still a government school,
1: <laughs> government school <with> lipstick, <laughs> or you know, a, a private school, or you know, if you homeschool, whatever your situation, you're going to glean a lot uh, from just learning the history of a, a lot of this stuff. Some of which we share in our education vacation book. Uh, but also just kind of some of the issues with education more generally and why he was so concerned about what he was trying to do about it. So head to the show notes page. Thanks as always for subscribing, for listening, share the podcast with another family that you think might enjoy. We really appreciate you guys listening. And Brittany, thanks to you until next time. We'll talk to you later.
0: Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.